BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi, folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people... Who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously, is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. KB Cabaret would also like to introduce a new voice talent, Dawn Gould. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we present a special best of rerun episode with music from KB Cabaret's own creator and host, Bree Harvey. Come to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now KB Cabaret presents Advice with Granny Ada, Parlor City's cherished advice columnist. Dear Granny Ada, Over a year ago, I lost my office job at a well-known accounting firm, and I've been forced to live with my mother in her two-bedroom home. My father moved over 20 years ago when I was 15, so Mom lives alone. I'm having a hard time adjusting to home living. Granny Ada, she still thinks I'm a teenager listens to my phone calls, waits up for me at all hours of the night, and does my laundry. I've gained ten pounds since I moved back because of all the meals she feeds me and even has the nerve to complain when I play video games on her TV or bring girls home for overnight stays. I'm having a hard time making ends meet now that I work part-time at a retail store, practically making minimum wage, so I'm stuck living at her place. I feel like I've sold my freedom in exchange for rent-free living. How do I deal with my mother and her controlling ways? Signed, Sold My Soul. Dear Soulless, How delightful! A grown man of 25 living at home with Mommy. You are a gem. Getting free room and board and laundry service does not seem like an arduous situation to me. You complain of your 10-pound weight gain and Mommy's annoying attitude? Well, dear, I do not believe she is annoying enough. 
Obviously, you have time to make phone calls, play video games, and other extracurricular activities, indicating you have way too much time on your hands. Maybe if you got your butt off the couch and got two or more part-time minimum wage paying jobs, you'd make ends meet and lose those ten unwanted pounds. My advice is save, save, save. You're fortunate to have your mother cook clean and not charge you for your stay. Within a few months, you'll be able to get an apartment of your own. However, my suspicions are you like mommy taking care of you. Reverting back to your childhood safety net. Then, my dear, arguing is the price of this fine arrangement. Good luck, honey, and thank you for writing. Have a nice day. Granny Ada. We're on Airbula. Come on over. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for my neighbor and Parlor City's best-kept culinary secret, Beulah Deschamps. Oh, that's so sweet of you, honey. You're embarrassing me. I didn't mean to. But you have to admit you make the best casseroles and cakes in town. Why, your layered lamb and potatoes were out of this world, and your baked Alaska was off the charts. I can still taste them in my dreams. One of these days, Beulah, I like those recipes. Well, I love you for saying that, honey. But some recipes are meant to be kept as family secrets, handed down from generation to generation in the Deschamps family. But I did come over to show your guests how to make something that has been a favorite with my husband, Leon, when he's off on the road and at home. Oh, my taste buds are tingling. What do you propose? My recipe for Tennessee bourbon pecan pie. Oh, Beulah, that sounds marvelous. Now, I had your people bring in all the makings for the pie, and I thought maybe you could help me. Oh, I'd love to. Here's your apron, sweetie. Wash your hands, and I'll get out the starter. The starter? Mmm. The best Tennessee bourbon money can buy this side of the city. Oh, well, I... I got two shots, two shot glasses, one for me and one for um, you. I can't drink bourbon during the show, Beulah. Well, never you mind, then. Uh, well, here's to you. Mmm, 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 smooth. That'll do nicely, yes, indeedy. Now we can get started. We'll take one quarter cup of pecans, a good handful, and place them in a pot of nice melted butter. And a pinch of salt. We'll put those lovelies on low heat until they brown for about two minutes. Beautiful! And you can smell the nutty aroma and the savory melted butter. Mmm, mmm. Mmm, mmm. A little more of this beautiful elixir to get this chef in the mood. Ah. Mm. Now, let's get the old dough paddle out for the scrumptious crusty crust. <laughs> this pie requires a buttermilk crust, giving the dough that distinct pecan flavor for our pecan tea pie. <laughs> oh, that uh, Beulah, don't you think that maybe you should not drink... Uh, Beulah... Mm, that is so smooth. Oh, 
dearie pie, sweetie, the pecans are, are roasted. Oh, set it aside to cool. Now, uh, well, where, where were we? The crust? Oh, oh yes. Oh, silly me. I would take one and one quarter cup of all-purpose flour, two lovely teaspoons of sugar, and drop it right here in this little old mixing bowl. Right there, yes. Mm-hmm. Now add a quarter cup of cold butter, and a quarter shortening, and pulse, pulse until they resemble crumbly crumblers. You know what they say about a cold hand and a warm heart for crust. Dear, let me just warm up my heart here. Uh, Beulah, maybe you should slow down a bit about no with the bird. Slow down, honey, sweetie pie. Cold hands, warm heart. Oh, and add three to four tablespoons of buttermilk. Uh, I'm sorry? Buttermilk in the crust until it forms a ball. A ball of fun, fun, fun dough. And then Plastity plastic to refrigerate a toast to the crust. Oh, so um, smooth. Beulah. Beulah. Oh, yes, dear. I know. I know. You just watching the filling with my Tennessee friend here. Let's mixy mix it. What a cup of this sweetness in this nice bully bowl here. <laughs> A quarter cup for your bowly bowl and a quarter cup for me. Oh, so smooth. Beulah! Beulah! Oh my gosh! She's passed out. Guys! Guys! Help me get her off the set. <clears throat> well, I, I'd like to thank Beulah Desham for leaving us on a high note. And to be fair, we will have all our recipes on our website on kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. Monday morning at the office. Jerry, the construction guys are here, so you'll have to move to your temporary office. Sure, boss. Where is it? Well, we're really tight on space right now, so I wonder if you would mind using the last stall. Last stall? What do you mean? You know, um, the last stall in the men's room. It's all we could come up with on such short notice. Wait, you want me to use the men's room stall as my office? Yeah, why not? You spend most of your day in there anyway. That is so degrading. Come on, Jerry. It won't be so bad. I'll have maintenance put your nameplate right on the stall door. It'll look really impressive. And the stall has a great big seat right in the middle. But where will I hold the weekly sales meeting? It's always in my office. In your new office, of course. See you there. Wednesday morning at the office. Where's the sales meeting today? It's in Jerry's new office. I can't wait to see it. Let's go, ladies. We don't want to be late for this meeting. Hi, guys. Come on in. Oh, I love what you've done to the place. Yes, the pictures of your family on the walls just add the right touch of hominess. And you did a great job matching colors to the stall decor. Oh, thanks. I put a lot of thought into it. Gertrude, would you close the door so we won't be disturbed? Okay. Everyone, stand back. Jerry, are there any more chairs? No, just this big one here, and it's mine. <laughs> Gladys, would you start the projector? 
Good. Good. Uh, can everyone see that? Excuse me. Sorry. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. I brought coffee and donuts to celebrate Jerry's new office. Hold on a minute while I set these out for everyone. Mm, yeah, I'll have a donut. Well, as you can see from the first slide, we had a downturn in revenue last month. Sorry, Jerry, I I need to take notes. Do you have an extra piece of paper I can borrow? Uh, yeah, sure. There's a roll hanging on the wall right there. Hey! Can't you keep it quiet out there? We're trying to have a meeting. Some people just have no manners. Friday morning at the office. Did you get the cake for Jerry's birthday? Yes, I got his favorite. Chocolate with strawberry icing. He'll be so surprised. Oh, let's bring it to him right now. Quiet. Don't let him know we're coming. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, Jerry. Jerry, what do you think you're doing? I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. In your office? That's disgusting. I always knew you were a pervert. Come on. Let's get out of here. But, but wait. Jerry, you just flushed your career down the toilet. Be out of this stall by noon. Hey, anybody need a used office chair? There are many types of yesterday. Passing of Our Fears is a song I wrote about lovers afraid to break up, but then eventually have to. This may resonate with some of you. We start out as lovers without foundation, knowing the relationship won't last, but we try. By the end, the friendship may be there but the amorous passion is gone. This is that song, entitled Passing of Our Fears. There are many types of yesterdays, whether old or whether young. We go through We come out stronger when we know we're done You and I, we hoped for better days Where we hold our hands up high But behind our hearts we knew we'd be Going separate ways since all our truths were lies
Hi Gladys, I'm so glad you came. This is Harold, my husband. Harold, this is my colleague Gladys from work. She just came on board as an assistant to the HR department. Nice to meet you. Oh, you two are gay? Well, if you mean we're a same-sex couple, then yes. Oh, I see. Uh, why don't you go inside and mingle? There are hors d'oeuvres in the dining room table and drinks in the kitchen. Help yourself. Okay, thanks. What's wrong with her? I really don't know her. Maybe she just had a crush on me and was disappointed. You mean all the good men are taken? <laughs> Excuse me. Are these the glasses uh, we're supposed to use for the soda? Oh, hi, Gladys. Happy you could come. Yes, I think John said those are for the beverages. Huh. You'd think he'd have better taste. Anything wrong? No, no. Just you'd think John and his partner would have better taste in decorative accessories like these glasses. I don't understand. What do you mean? You know, how those people have the eye for decorating. Those people? We're in the 21st century, Gladys. I can't believe I'm hearing this. Excuse me. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll have the diet soda or, or, no, no, the flavored berry water. So anyways, he's so cute when he gets mad. All I said was the vinyl part of the shower curtain should go in, not out of the tub. And that's why you had the tiff? Well, yes, it was too early to be lectured to. But we made up. I hate to carry on. <laughs> <laughs>
Excuse me, is that chair taken? Yes, dear. My you. Huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, when are you due? I said, when is the baby supposed to arrive? Uh, Mary, right? I'm not pregnant. Oh, you sure? No, she's not. But we are. I mean, we're adopting. I think that's great. You've been waiting for quite a while, haven't you? Yes, but finally all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and we finally got the call. We're flying over to Kenya to pick up our little baby girl. I didn't think that gay people could adopt. That child is going to be so confused. What? Well, think about it. She's black, you're white, and mommy and daddy are both men. Personally, I don't think anyone should have children. The people in this world are too busy killing each other. Why bring in more children to be killed? I need a drink. Uh, you need a drink, Harold? Mary? Come on, Harold. Get up. Let's get some fresh air. It stinks in here. Doesn't smell so bad in here. Uh, maybe she meant that strong aftershave they were wearing. Hi, Mom. It was okay. What can I say? A lot of people talking at the same time. No one can hear each other. You know, same old, same old. I hate going to these things. I never know what to say. Yeah, 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 socializing, making friends. I know, Ma. You say that all the time. Funny thing you know, Ma. I go because you're right. I want to make friends. But in all the years I go to these things, no one ever calls me back. I just don't understand what's wrong with these people. Are these the last of the multigrain crunch crackers? Uh, yes, they are. You don't have any more of these? Uh, no more. Whatever we have is out of the shelves, and that's all we have. I love these multigrain crackers. They're the best. Mm. How much? Uh, that would be two dollars, please. Oh, gee, I don't have that much. Then I'm sorry you can't have the crackers. But I love these crackers. I'm sorry, but that's the price. There are some crackers over there on that shelf for 99 cents. But I want these multigrains. Then you have to pay two bucks. Okay, I only have a dollar fifty. Here. I'm sorry, it's two dollars. What if I only want some of the crackers? Then you have to give me two dollars to buy the crackers and then only eat some of them. But I didn't bring that much money to the store. Sorry, then. You can't have these crackers. If I give you $1.50, could you take some of the crackers out of the package and only give me three quarters of them? Uh, no. Why not? Then I would still have a quarter of the crackers lying around for no reason and nothing to do with them. You eat them. But I don't want these crackers. Why not? I don't like multigrains. You could save them for later. But I won't want them later. Why not? I just told you I don't like multigrain crackers. I don't believe you. Everyone likes multigrain. Could you give the crackers to somebody else? Nope. Why not? I'm not allowed to. Why not? I'm not supposed to. But why? Because it's against store policy, sir. 
but I have a dollar fifty. I should be able to get a dollar fifty's worth of crackers. But you can't. Who says? The manager. Can I ask the manager myself? No. Why not? He's not in town. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. So can I just have them? No. Why would he care? He doesn't want people just taking merchandise out of the store for free. But does he care about the fifty cents? It's the principle. Doesn't he ever compromise? Look, sir, this is not a bazaar. You can't negotiate prices. Are you sure? I'm sure. If I just steal the crackers, will you tell anyone? Yes. Who? The manager and the police. Really? Yes. Why? It's against the law. That's why. Taking crackers? It's shoplifting. But it's not bad shoplifting. I'd still have to call the police. Okay. Can I just pay you for the crackers tomorrow? No. Why not? We don't give credit. Why not? Because if we did, then there would be a lot of people who would take things and not pay for them. But I won't do that. Store policy. But you can trust me. I don't even know you. Can I pay with a credit card? Yes.、Uh, I don't have one. Great. But it's basically the same thing. But you would owe the credit card company instead of the store. So? So that's why you can use a credit card but not store credit. You just buy the crackers for me. No, your crackers. Excuse me. Do you carry multigrain crackers in this store? Well, hello, beautiful. Has anyone ever told you you have beautiful eyes? The next song that you're going to be hearing was a fun song to create. I just used the first sentence that I unfortunately said to my mother. She didn't want to believe for some reason that I was okay, more than okay. So I just yelled it out. This inspired me to write the song and lyrics. Sorry, I know you don't say these things to your mother, but damn it, I'm good.
And now KB Cabaret presents The Perils of Paul. I've been calling you all morning. Where you been? I just got out of the dentist having my teeth cleaned. What's wrong? Come over to the house now. Can I make a stop at the library first? No. This is an emergency. Come as fast as you can before Betty comes home. What did you do now, Paul? Well, you remember when I put beef into Betty's vegan stew? Yes. Oh, this is worse. I'll be right over. God, you're here, Davis. Come around to the back of the house. Holy cow, how did your car get all the way down to the edge of the rocks? Oh, I had it neutral, and I forgot to put the barking brake on. Another few inches, it would have gone over the cliff. I wish it had. What it did to Betty's favorite bush. That bush stopped your car from flying over the cliff, Paul. You don't understand, Davis. That's a camellia's bush. I bought that for Betty on her 10th anniversary. It has those pretty dark pink flowers growing under the snowfall. Brush made her happy, Davis. She's gonna kill me. Just tell her the truth. Now listen, Davis. You're my friend and the only artist I personally know. You have a creative mind, Davis, so I'm relying on you to figure out a way to camouflage that bush. Uh, all right, all right. Maybe we should get the car out of there first, don't you think, Paul? Yeah, right. Uh, here are the keys. You're a wuss, you know that? Not denying it, Davis. Not denying it. Doesn't look too good, Paul. Yeah. Three branches do not make a bush, Paul. Yeah. Maybe an urn? An urn? In the middle, to fill the hole. An urn to fill the hole? Yeah. I could try to put a stake in the ground and tie up the broken branches. Ooh, I like that. You think it would work? I don't think so, but I guess I could try. Ow! Are you all right, Davis? No, but I'll live. The ground is frozen solid. Well, I guess the stake won't work then. No, it won't. Can't you tie the broken branches to the ones that aren't broken? No, Paul. The three branches are not strong enough. Oh, well, maybe the urn then. Hello, boys. Um, what are you up to? Oh, uh, Betty, when did you get here? Just now. Paul? What happened to my camellia's bush? Uh, nothing. Paul? The car rolled into it. The car rolled into it? The bush saved the car from flying over the cliff, Betty. I see that. I'm sorry I ruined your bush, Betty. Do you really think I would get upset about a silly bush, Paul? Yes. Well, I'm not, Paul. Okay. Okay, let's go inside the house. It's freezing out here. Okay, Betty. Betty, uh... I'll promise to get you a new camellias bush in the spring. Thank you, Paul. And Paul? Uh, yes, Betty? Take the urn out from the bush. Yes, Betty. Davis? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on it.
This is a short story called The Triangle. Sam left the house in a hurry. She knew he was on the prowl. That's just the way it was lately. The indifference, the sneaky behavior, the late nights, excuses, all a bunch of excuses. Lola knew something was going on. Sam's behavior was not normal. She was trying to think back on when this all started. Married only a year, she and her husband took Sam in. He had been living on the streets, looking like he needed help, a place to stay. And they were the suckers who gave it. At first, the trust was cautious. All their boundaries were up, and all were uneasy to let their guard down. Sam, however, started to thaw. He used to sit far from her, but slowly, so slowly, Lola felt his warmth. Her husband, David, noticed the change, even said something about it. No big deal, though. Why should it be? When Dave left for work every day, Sam was there. He pretended not to notice Lola. She knew he was watching every move she made. In the kitchen, the den, even the running shower. She could feel him watching. Then it happened. Never in her wildest dream did she think their relationship would change. In just two short months, she caught them. Caught the two of them in bed. Dave in bed with Sam, touching each other entwined in each other's arms. Funny, though, she didn't feel jealous. Something about her husband's closeness with Sam felt organic. You know, almost inviting. So Lola hesitantly did what she never thought she would do. She got into bed with them. Their relationship was beyond magical. She loved their touches, their close attachment. Somehow her world, as she knew it, had changed. No one ever told her this is how love was going to feel. She loved her husband and Sam. She felt it was natural to lay in bed with both, as it was to breathe air. Lola was caught off guard with Sam's deception, he seemed to turn darker, secretive almost. She cried in her husband's arms. Where was he? What was he up to? Did Sam not love them any more? Somehow just the two of them was not enough. Embracing her husband in bed was nice, but not satisfying. They both missed Sam's warmth, his tender touches, his gentle kisses. Sam was restless, eating often. Lola wondered if he had gotten himself in some sort of trouble. Her husband tried to calm him, pressing his body against his, rubbing his back, whispering in his ears, asking if anything was wrong, but to no avail. Sam did not answer. In fact, he got out of Dave's embrace and practically boxed him. Odd. The following month, Sam did not go out much. He kept wandering off to the other side of the apartment as if he did not want to be with Lola and Dave. He 
He was impatient, moody, eating most of the day. Lola was concerned for Sam's health. She told Dave about her worries, and he agreed. This excessive weight gain must be due to depression. When they were in bed together, Sam felt tense against their bodies. He kept moving away from their embrace and their loving kisses. Lola cried silently as Sam finally fell asleep in Dave's arms. That Saturday, Sam stayed in bed. Lola made breakfast for him in the kitchen, but he did not come out. Dave took the breakfast into the bedroom, and Sam refused to eat. The same with lunch. Finally, dinner came around, and Lola tried again. She went into the bedroom silently. There she stood, frozen, by the edge of the soaked bed. Lola smiled, understanding. It all made sense. The two months of strange behavior, late nights, the indifference, all made sense. Sam tiredly lay on the bed, looking at Lola with proud and loving eyes. Sam never was a he. Sam was a she all along, and now a proud mother, displaying her four new baby kittens lying by her side. Okay, my first on-the-spot GPS. This should help me get my errands done faster since I can't find my way in this new neighborhood. Hmm, set up. What voice would you like? Let's see, Irish? French? <laughs> Jewish mother? That sounds rich. <laughs> and about right. Let's try it. Press JM and enter. Good afternoon and welcome to On The Spot GPS. So you should want me to take you somewhere or what? Good afternoon. Um, I just moved here last week and I need to go food shopping. Well, that's fine, dear. Giant Mart. Calculating. Thank you. Are you ready? What? You think I should hurry with such a thing? Are you Meshugana? Sorry, it's just not, I'm pressed for time. Larry's bringing home some of his colleagues tonight, and I have to make dinner for eight people. Oi, shopping for eight? Do you know you can get the same meat for 20% cheaper at Smart Shoppers Discount Mart by the outlet shops, about five miles over? Really? Well... I should try to save money. We did spend a lot on the house closing. Okay, recalculate and take me to Smart Shoppers Discount Mart. I would do the same. Recalculating. Thank you. No problem. What's a GPS for? Go for five miles straight until you should find the schlock of a house that should have been torn down ten years ago. But enough with my spiel. So you just moved in and your man is bringing home some colleagues for dinner? Yeah, I just found out about it today. What a schmuck. Did he tell you this before? No, but, but I can handle it. Handle it, schmandle it. If you should need, I have some chicken soup with matzo balls in the freezer. Oh, uh, well, really? I, I mean, I, I don't want to put you to any trouble. Ah, trouble, schmubble. If it's a problem, dear, I'd let you know. You want the soup or not? Yes, yes, that would be awesome. But you're a GPS. How could it be delivered? Oh, simple. We're a star service. So I will connect you with the Yiddish Yenta Network. 
and have wonderful ladies deliver for you. So what time is this dinner? Six. Oh, then we should get going. In 600 yards, take a left by the yellow house that should have had the fence taken down two years ago. Such a nice house, but left for dead. Turn by this house? Eh, they should be so lucky to own a house as nice as this. This house was owned by two sisters, one who was a veterinarian but is now retired. No, the house you turn left at, in now 200 yards, is owned by the Schmendrick who's sitting on his tuchus all day long. But that is none of my business. Okay. Now go straight for one block and make a right at the red brick house with the schmutz on the steps. Wait, you're just making me go back to my house. Naturally, I should do this. Why? I need to go shopping. Listen, my dear. When you get to be as old as I am, and may you be so lucky, you should listen to my advice. You have a whole mishpoche coming over in a few hours, and you want me to schlep this car for you to go grocery shopping. That's Mishugana. Now be a good girl and go home and stop quetching. A Yiddish yenta, Riva, has notified the on-the-spot network that she is bringing the matzah soup and the brisket that she found in her freezer. They should cook up nicely for you. We'll add some steamed green beans and Riva will whip up some latkes and ragulas in no time. I can't believe you're doing this for uh, me. What do I have to do with my time? Let's not get all schmaltzy, dear. So you should think of me as your GPS boobala. Oh, thank you, GPS boobala. Mazel tov. One day you too should do a mitzvah for other poor shiksas in need. And thank you for using on-the-spot GPS by the makers of on-the-spot personal trainers and on-the-spot life coach. Have a nice day. The song selection is something I heard one of my friends say. I truly believe most people want a partner. I think that's great. Just make sure you don't say, I do, the next day. This song is dedicated to my friend. You know who you are. It's called Gonna Find a Man Tonight. Someone's gonna come home with me.
We love our parents. We know we can't kill them. So that's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. was fun. I love superhero movies. Always saving the world. Can you imagine if Ma had a superhero for a son? No. <laughs> Just think. Superboy and Ma in the kitchen talking. Where are you going? To save the world. Not without your sweater, dear. I don't want you to catch cold. I have superpowers, Ma. I won't catch cold. Well, you're not leaving without this sweater. All right. All right. Where is this saving taking place anyway? In the Middle East. I have to stop the fighting. Why do you always have to stop anything? The war is going on nicely without you, thank you very much. You don't need to put yourself in the middle of other people's fights. But that's what I do, Mom. <sighs> Look. Do your classrooms go to the Middle East? Do their parents let them out in the middle of the night to fight fights? No, but they're not... Uh Uh-huh, so why should I let you do this? It's a school night. You need to be up early in the morning. Ma, saving the world is my calling. Calling, Shmalling, you know who you should be calling? That nice girl, Lois, who's in your homeroom. Uh, I like Lois, but... But what? She's pretty. She's nice. She's available. What more is there? Unless... Unless what? Well, unless, you know. Huh? Are you are you into boys, dear? What? No! I mean, why do you even ask? Well, you know, the tights. Ma, please, I really need to go. Go, go, but first you must eat. I already ate. Ate what, that candy bar? It's a power bar, Ma. A power bar is not a meal. I made a nice brisket and green beans. Ma. Sit down. I need to... Sit down. The war can wait. A growing boy needs nourishment. I gotta fly, Ma. Dinner will keep. Fine, call me when you get there. Call ya? Come on, Ma. What? Is it so much to ask for you to call your old mother who's worried sick for her son? All right. I'll find a phone. Thank you. That's a good boy. One more thing. Yes, Ma. Could you pick up a pound of baba ganoush and a half a dozen pita at the market? I'll give you some money. So our saga ends again for now. But join us next time for The Dysfunctional. The song that you are going to hear as a final selection is my rare input into politics. Well, really about social behavior through the guise of politics. Some may think I see people through rose-colored glasses. Who knows? I wish others sometimes would don those glasses. So I sigh. Appropriately, the song is called Hear Me Sigh. Thank you again for listening to our show. Talk to you next week.
That's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up with our climbing number of over 20,000 plus listeners and growing that we are generating live on this show, our podcast, and on iTunes. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. to have you and share our parlor city come back again now to kb cabaret